Hey, let me take a minute and talk about one of our newest sponsors, Lifetime Windows and Siding. You've probably heard me talk about them for a long time, and that's because they are the most trusted siding company in Colorado. There are a lot of reasons to choose Lifetime Windows and Siding. From their lifetime warranty that covers all labor and materials to their no-pressure sales approach to a quick and efficient installation, Lifetime Windows and Siding has everything that you need, and that includes the highest quality products. They're the number one Infinity from Marvin and the number one James Hardy dealer in the U.S., both, by the way, top-of-the-line brands. So, what does that mean for you? It means you're going to save time and money on maintenance and feel great about the choices that you've made. Check it out for yourself. Head to LifetimeWindows.com to start transforming your home with the ones you trust. It's a new year and a great time to try new things. That can include going away from your favorite beer, wine, or spirit and finding a new favorite beer, wine, or spirit. Molly Spirits is the perfect place to expand your boozy horizons. We say that because Molly's has over 12,000 beers, wines, and spirits to choose from, and the staff readily available to help answer any questions you might have. Looking for a new gin? How about trying Fraser Valley's Lavender Gin? They can tell you all about the gin that's distilled right in the heart of Fraser, Colorado, by a family-run business. Or the Crisscross Cabernet that's featured product for this month, only eleven ninety-seven. dollars or if beer is your thing, how about Odell Brewing Company's Hoppy Variety Pack? There's a beer for every taste at Molly's. Check them out at mollyspirits.com or head to their Lakeside location at 44th and Harlan or the DTC location in the Arapahoe Marketplace on the west side next to Sprouts. You'll see exactly why we love Molly's as soon as you walk in the door. It's an experience like no other. Molly Spirits, raising the bar in Colorado. This week on the Dave Logan Podcast, a bad season that ends on an up note. That game meant something to that organization. If nothing else, potential coaching candidates can see that Russell Wilson still has good football left in him. There were definitely drives in there where you think, yeah, that's, that's what we thought that's we were the getting. Guy, that's right. the guy. And some kind words for Dave Logan from the coach and the QB. Thank you, Dave. Hey, your your high school football coach is broadcasting, and this is a is, you're an incredible guy, and it's really really been a pleasure talking to you. I appreciate that, Coach. I really do. Well, before you take off, I just want to say one thing. I you know you've been you've been nothing but first class. You know all year from the times that we get to sit in front of uh, front of each other in the radio show at the facility to obviously after the games, and it hasn't all gone our way. But you've done it nothing but first class and a true gentleman, and that's why you're you're the best at what you do. And uh, I'm grateful for the time that we've been able to share together and uh, the experiences. And you're the, you're the, you're, I'm a champ, but you're, you're, uh, you're the real all-time champ. So I'm grateful to be in your presence and just spend time with you and talk football and talk, talk Broncos country and where we're going. This is the Dave Logan Podcast. Welcome to Dave Logan Podcast, episode number 152. What you just heard were the words after the game on Sunday against the Chargers in the postgame of interim coach Jerry Rosberg and of quarterback Russell Wilson talking about our very Dave Logan. Now, Dave is not here today because if you listen to the game, you know the voice is still giving him some problems. So... The pregame, the halftime, the postgame host of uh, the Broncos broadcast, Mike Rice, is with us. And you heard all those comments. I did. And they were spot on. They really were. I know we're biased. I know I'm biased. But they were exactly right. I mean, Dave's a special guy with special talents. And he just does a great job. Even in a season that you know kind of went off the rails, never once did Dave forsake being professional and being classy and being all the things that 
that you would expect Dave to be on the air. So I always love it when Dave's on the podcast, but he never would have let me play those sound bites. <laughs> so if it were him, so I'm kind of glad about that. I actually talked to him last night after the game. We were talking about his voice and I said, God, that was just so nice to hear those those guys say that and they don't have to say it. And every year the coach and the quarterback says that to Dave, but these are totally new coaches and totally new quarterbacks. And I think it's a big deal because players not all the time notice those kind of things, but they do with Dave. They do. And they did. And I thought it was great that they went ahead and said what they said, because they're exactly right. I mean, it's just true. And this is what is so great about Dave. If you've listened to him for any amount of time, and he's in what year number 33 on the Broncos broadcast, he has gotten so much better over the years. And you'd expect that, right? When you start sort of a new venture, you're not where you are 10 years down the road, 15, 20, or 33. And and I just listen to the games and he's just sounding better than he ever has. He really does. And again, I get it. I'm biased. This is patting a friend on the back. I know he's your friend as well. And so I root for him and I want him to do well and I want him to succeed. But sitting here as somebody who also listens to games and listens to other broadcasters, he's just outstanding. Yeah, it would be. And it's tough, too, to call a season. <laughs> oh, my God. Like we just called. So wrapping up the season, yes. the Broncos beat the Chargers. How thirty-one do we have, to 20. Julie? I mean, it's a podcast. We can go for like a we day go, and a half, right? Do we want to? <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like the season has been like, about four year, four and a half years. It's been a long season. It has. That reminds. So they finished the season five and twelve. I was going to do this at the end of the of the podcast, but I'd like to do it now. Actually, what's your lasting image from the season? I think the lasting image is actually the last two weeks is actually the stability that Jerry Rossberg mm-hmm. brought. And let me just say on the front end of these comments. I don't mean to disparage Coach Hackett or pile on or anything like that. Just trying to offer observations on the season from a football standpoint. Because as we've talked about, as I've talked about on Broncos React, especially in that sort of intense period of about six to eight weeks in the middle to the second half of the season, when it was pretty clear where it was all headed with Coach Hackett, unfortunately, it was. It's always about football. It's not about the man or the person or the husband or the father or anything right. like that. It's important for me to to preface. But the the stark contrast in coaching and in leadership between Coach Hackett and Jerry Rosberg was unavoidably noticeable during the last two weeks. It just was, and I think that will be something that sticks with me because a coach matters. Doesn't he can't be on the field, he can't make plays, he can't see the field for Russell Wilson is one example, or he can't break a tackle for Latavius Murray, or he can't secure an interception for Justin Simmons. But all the things that go on behind the scenes, coaches set the tone and they lead. And Jerry Rosberg did that. Even as somebody who wasn't in the room, wasn't in the building, wasn't involved in any of the game planning or positional meetings, he made a difference. And the way we know that is because they played differently. They played better. And Jerry Rosberg came in with two games left, Julie, and he said, I want to do this different, this different, this different, this different. I mean, he was a leader. He said, we're not wasting these last two weeks. Mm -hmm. I am going to make changes because I believe 
they need to be made, and I am now the guy in charge, and that is my responsibility, even if it's just for two weeks. Unfortunately, I also think it exposed um, the ineptitude of what was going on. It did. It did. And it's, I, I mean, I hate to agree with that. I hate that we have to talk about it. But but it was it was not a good situation at, and, all. at all and and the fact that the move was made and there was a little bit more solid footing the last two weeks. If I'm Greg Penner, clearly I'm not. If I'm someone in the ownership group, clearly I'm not. You would I'm, be sitting here. No, that's right. <laughs> Actually, I would. I would okay. do your your podcast and Dave's <laughs> podcast. But seriously, I, I think you have to feel like okay. If nothing else, other potential coaching candidates can see that Russell Wilson still has good football left in him. Yes. That was abundantly clear to me, even though I get it. I know the Chargers starters played, but the game didn't mean anything to them in terms of a playoff spot. I get it. You know, they weren't in in the fourth quarter, but it meant something to the Broncos. And Jerry Rosberg said a really interesting thing in the locker room that I saw on Broncos TV in his victory speech that they put a great montage together. Those guys after every game, or at least after the wins. And he said to the players, after Greg Penner gave him a game ball, he said, you know, a lot, most people are going to look at this as just a throwaway NFL game, but it means so much more to the people in this room. That game meant something to that organization. And the players reflected that. And the head coach sets the tone. I don't care if he's coming back or not. If he's the interim head coach, the permanent head coach, Jerry Rosberg did a great job. And I think that really did put the organization on better footing heading into a critical, critical offseason where they have some big decisions that they have to get right. I don't think we know if Jerry Rosberg is coming back. Definitely not as the head coaching, but right. It all depends on right now. He's such a feel good story. And I think he's um, he's very likable. And but, you know, I don't know if the next coaching staff um, he's in their plans or I, I don't we don't know that. But I think he. um Gosh, he did everything that that they wanted to do and, and more, um, and was you know it was great timing to to have him take over. So speaking of Russell Wilson, finishes thirteen of twenty four for two hundred eighty three yards, three touchdowns, and a pick. There were definitely drives in there where you think, yeah, that's, that's what we thought that's we were the getting. Guy, that's right. the guy, yeah. So that's encouraging, and I think you just alluded to it. If you're the next uh, potential head coach. You know, it's not a complete train wreck that you're walking into. That there, you did see some encouraging signs, so that's huge, right? Because there's all this talk about is this an appealing job? It can be a very appealing job. I had a little snarky tweet sometime in the fourth quarter. I try not to tweet during the game because whenever I tweet out of emotion, whatever I tweet, positive or negative, ends up being wrong by the end of that game. But I had seen enough by about the middle of the fourth quarter or so, and I said, and this this is to the topic of what does Russell Wilson have left in terms of good football? And I said something along the lines of, does a washed up, totally done QB keep making these good throws, asking for a friend? <laughs> and funny. my point, obviously, was I think Russell Wilson does have good football left, and I, I think he showed that, and I think he needs to be in the offense that suits his skills, and hopefully he sees that more clearly, because I'm not sure he did. This is a little bit unfair, because I'm speculating here. want to be upfront with that. 
but I think he came into the season thinking like, all right, I'm going to be in the pocket more. I want to be in the pocket more. And I feel like I can lead this team that way. And at least under Coach Hackett, that never materialized. I think Russell Wilson's skill set, he still can move. He still is mobile enough to be effective and -hmm. to throw wrinkles at the defense and to extend plays and to make incredible, incredibly accurate passes on the run. I mean, he was dropping some dimes in that game against L.A., Julie. You saw it. So I think Russell has enough good football left that the Broncos will be fine if what we saw against the Chargers is sort of a baseline or more of a floor than a ceiling moving forward into 2023. Please tell me if I'm wrong, but I always thought that the fact that he wanted to stay in the pocket was directly, I thought it was a little selfish. Um, It directly correlated to the fact that he wants to play 10 more years. Is that wrong? I don't know. You know what? I, I, I'm I always hesitant to ascribe motive to players. It's like when people call Broncos React and say, well, the Broncos quit. Well, that's a step that I, I'm usually uncomfortable taking because I don't know. And selfish, I'm not saying that doesn't have to be bad. I just always thought that that was... Yeah, um, I mean, I, I, think, I think the plan was to use an offense much like Nathaniel Hackett did with Aaron Rodgers, but Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson have been and always will be different style quarterbacks. Yes. Rodgers can move, but is he as mobile as Russell Wilson in their primes? I don't know. That's a discussion. I'm sure there are a lot of people who think yes and maybe more, or no, I don't think quite to that degree. The point is the Broncos, think back to when John Elway was the quarterback and the way he slung the ball around. Is that a word? Mm-hmm. Well, with him, yes. He would sling it. There he we go. He would sling it. That it sounded But okay. when did John Elway start winning championships? Well, he was older in his career. Right, older. And yeah. the Broncos got a great offensive line and they got Terrell Davis. Yeah. That doesn't diminish anything that John was as a player or was in his later years. The Broncos have always been a team plug and play any running back and a thousand yards was... The, the minimum, right? Mike Shanahan did that for decades. Mike Anderson and uh, all the, uh, later Clinton Portis and guys who were less accomplished than those two. And the Broncos need to run the ball, Julian. We heard about that after Coach Hackett got hired and it never happened. Injuries were a part of it. My point is it, Russell Wilson has enough football left to where if the Broncos become – what Jerry Rosberg talked about, a team that can do different things and complement each other. Uh, the Broncos can easily be around the 500 mark next year if they stay healthy. I'm convinced of that. I don't know if I mean, we've done it year in and year out, but I don't know if we can take a season where they're they're not. But we have we have because we've survived and the right. you know the sun does come up. But it does. But let let me just jump in here and ask you this question because I I was talking about this after the game. With Broncos country, think about Vic Fangio and Vance Joseph. They each had five win seasons, and I think there was a four win season in there. I don't think either coach won more than, I think Vic won seven one year, but it was pretty much in that four to six win range for those five seasons. Yet this four and 13 season seemed worse than any of the seasons that Vance or Vic led. That was just my observation. 
And because it kept getting worse, it got and it never got better. Right. I mean, there was never any progress offensively. Guess what? We saw the last two games of this season for sure. Maybe going back to that first Kansas City game in December here when they fell behind big, but then made a run. We saw an offense that got better and it got better because they were doing things that made more sense that suited the skills of the players they had and had available. Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm always you know me. I'm always kind of the optimistic sort. I'm not at all predicting, okay, this is the beginning of the turnaround. The Broncos have a ton of work to do and a lot of things to get right this offseason, but there's no reason that they can't be respectable as soon as the 2023 season. Speaking of getting to work, Russell Wilson did say that he was going to get up on on the game on Sunday. He said it's back to work on Monday uh, at 5.30 in the morning. It will be interesting to see... Um, are we going to get an update every single day on what he's doing? Personally, I, <laughs> I would, hope not. I hope not. Right. And I think he's, hmm, I wonder if he's going to come back looking different physically. Not sure. I think. Um, well, I, I, I would think and our Benjamin Albright talked about this. Benjamin, you know, had reported that Russell will be looking at all aspects of his training, mm-hmm. all aspects of everything. And, you know, Benjamin thought that, you know, Russell could come in very easily 10 pounds lighter-ish next year. Because if he's going to be counted on to be a little bit more mobile, that that would probably serve him well. Yeah. I, <laughs> serve Russell well. Probably serve Benjamin well, too. <laughs> but I got I want to flip this because I'm interested to know, not to, to take over your own podcast, but I'm interested to know what some of your lasting impressions are. Well, oh gosh, I hate this. You are more optimistic than maybe I am. I have a, okay. So if I look back at the whole season, I think it's easier to go, okay, the last two, you know, games were better. It's that's just in life. Like you look at the last thing, right? And so, but if I look back at the whole season, I think it's this, um, when we realize, I don't know what game it was, but this like three and out was just what it was going to be. Or um, Russell overthrowing or not, you know, seeing the field when we maybe it was like by game four, it's like, oh, God, this is this is what we've got. And I think it wasn't specifically one game, but it was that pattern of over and over and over again. Um, I think that uh, a lot of the post games early on were 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 tough you know, to listen to. Um, but I will say I am encouraged for sure. Like, I'm so glad that the team ended on such a positive note. It really, it's going to be an exciting off season. And we're going to, after the break, we're going to talk about the, the excitement starts now, mm-hmm. you know, um, there were, there were such positives, I think, to see. Um, so that that would be, you know, it's not all bad but it's definitely not all good. One thing before we get to a break, we talk about Jerry Judy a lot on this podcast. And I always talk about it with Dave because, you know, he's, I think we just always wanted to know where that talent was. We know that the talent's there. Um, he's kind of gotten some ups and downs for sure, self-inflicted. But on Sunday, five catches for 154 yards, three runs, 39 yards, easily a career day. He seems to, he he seems to be getting better and better and better and a little smarter and smarter and smarter, which can only, we can only feel excited about. Seems like it. And I I don't know what Dave's thoughts are on this, but my thoughts are they absolutely pick up his fifth year option. Mm -hmm. 
And I, I know that sometimes labels don't serve a lot of purpose, but if I'm looking at the Broncos receiving core entering training camp, not knowing, okay, right now, if they had to play a game, I mean, Jerry Judy's wide receiver one. That doesn't mean that you always put him on the outside because I said that on the show last night that he I I felt like he was wide receiver one and somebody texted and said, yeah, but he's more effective in the slot. And that could very well be. But just in terms of when I say wide receiver one, who is the guy right now in that receiving core? It's not Cortland to me. Yeah. Well, Cortland Sutton, now I know he missed a couple of games or maybe three games with the hamstring. He had two touchdown catches all year. Cortland Sutton needs to pick up the production in my opinion, and Jerry Judy over the last, I think, what, six games perhaps, started to emerge and become a guy where you say, yeah, that's a first-round wide receiver right there. I still think he can get better, and I still think he will get better. I do too. But it's not fair for me to sit here and say, well, Tim Patrick's going to come back and be what he was day one when he got hurt, that's just not fair to the guy. But I still think he's going to be a good receiver and he'll be helpful, but he's going to have to work through getting back to being in a week-in and week-out guy after an injury like that. So Jerry Judy has been tremendous. And yeah, some of it's self-inflicted, but you know what? He, along with the other receivers and running backs, were also a victim of an offense that was completely ill-suited to the quarterback into really what the Broncos wanted their identity to be. I say self-inflicted on the social media stuff, on the pouting on the sidelines with Gordon, on yes. throwing your helmet, you know, um, nudging a ref. Like that is that is thousand percent immaturity. I'm not claiming to be mature at his age, what I was. <laughs> but when there's a national spotlight on you, right? Yeah. Um, that just you don't need that just those distractions. And I'm hoping that there were some lessons learned and with more positivity, like he can, you know, kind of gravitate towards that. When we come back, we're going to talk about there are more names now in the Broncos coaching search, and there has been contact with some of those names. We'll talk about it next on the Dave Logan podcast. Hey, let me take a minute to talk to you about Boyer's Coffee. Man, I love me some Boyer's Coffee. One of my favorite sponsors is Boyer's Coffee. Life is about simple pleasures. And Boyer's Coffee fits that bill. Nothing better than starting your day with a cup of your favorite coffee, like Rocky Mountain Thunder or Denver Blend or Aspen Gold. I haven't tried that yet, but I'm going to. Or if you prefer flavored coffee, then just get ready for some amazing choices. Head to Boyer's.com to order some coconut cream, chocolate mousse, or the online exclusive eggnog coffee. Believe me, I'm having me some eggnog coffee during the holidays. If you're in the area, stop by their coffee truck and cottage at 73rd and Washington to order custom-made lattes, cappuccinos, or espressos. Doesn't that sound amazing? It's because it is. And always remember, Boyers can be found at your favorite grocery stores, and that includes Walmart, Sam's Club, and Costco. Boyers Coffee, the legendary Rocky Mountain Roaster since 1965. Welcome back to the Dave Logan Podcast, episode number 152, here with Mike Rice from 850 KOA. We were talking during the break about the names for the Broncos coaching search, and probably there's going to be more names by the time that you are listening to this podcast, because it now seems to be coming fast and furious. I mean, it is the Monday yes. after the season's over. It's when people get let go. And I do want to ask you about a couple of the guys that got let go. But let's start with some of the familiar names that we've been talking about. Sean Payton who obviously coached the Saints, uh, said on his Fox pregame show that he's on that he has been in contact with the Broncos' brass. There has been no 
in person, but that is still alive. Um, he said that Denver was the first team to reach out. Two years left on his contract, so obviously there's, there's going to be compensation there. Should we care about the compensation when it comes to Sean Payton? Yes, because the Broncos don't have a lot of what the Saints want, which is draft picks. This is a huge thing for me. I don't, I don't know that Sean Payton is realistic from either side, from either the Broncos side or Sean Payton's side. They have to reach out to him and say, we're interested in talking to you. It would be a huge oversight and an unnecessary blunder if for no other way a PR you know, blunder if you don't reach out to Sean Payton. But the Broncos don't have a lot of high draft picks right now because of the Russell Wilson trade. And then if you start extending out some of the picks that you send to New Orleans because reports are they want picks, not players – the money's not an issue with this ownership group of the Broncos. They can pay Sean Payton whatever Sean Payton wants, basically. But if Sean Payton then takes the Broncos' job when they're, number one, already low on picks, and then even lower because it took picks to get him here, and oh, by the way, the salary cap situation isn't all that great either. I think Benjamin Albright has this exactly right. He's sourcing it. I'm not. I'm just looking at it and sort of speculating. I don't I don't know why Sean Payton would want to be the coach of the Broncos because I don't think it's a fit based on the fact that they have to give things up that they don't really have and they don't really have what he needs, which is some salary cap space or at least a chunk of it. So Wouldn't that be in just the first year though? Like if he's a long-term he looks at himself as long term here. That's then true. Maybe it's a, a punch to the gut early on here. But if he looks at long term, it's like, well, the money's here, and we get maybe more of these draft picks, and you know, I want to work with Russell Wilson, yada yada yada. Yeah, maybe. I mean, and maybe that's it. And maybe I'm looking at it the wrong way. But i i don't I don't know that Sean Payton. I don't think he's going to be the next head coach of the Broncos, but. They need to talk to him. They need to go through the process. And maybe I get surprised when it's all over. It will be, these interviews are going to be fascinating. And we'll never, you know, really, we'll only hear about it. We won't know. The next one um, we will hear about is NFL Network reporting over the weekend that the Broncos and Jim Harbaugh will talk this week virtually, like over Zoom. And that, you know, there's been a few people saying, why does it have to be, why can't it be in person my understanding, and I'm not sure ownership, I don't think ownership has said this, but there are a number of, of different owners that kind of want a first look, right, at Jim Harbaugh. Um, and that's that's understandable. So that's going to happen. And I, I was listening to the radio this morning and somebody was saying, well, he's just so weird. Like he just could say something so stupid or that that he would nix himself virtually. I, I don't see that happening, even if he is weird. Like he'd have to be, he'd have to say something really I don't know. I would hopefully he'd get something in person if both parties are interested. You would think. And, you know, again, I'll go back to as far as the more solid reporting, I'll rely on our guy, KOA insider Benjamin Albright. Mm -hmm. I talked to Ben after the the Chargers game on Broncos React, and I was we were going through all of these kind of questions and Benjamin really believes that the University of Michigan has the key to Jim Harbaugh. Mm -hmm. If Michigan makes Jim Harbaugh feel respected by giving him 
more along the lines, the contract upgrade that Coach Harbaugh wants, Albright's feeling was Harbaugh will probably stay at Michigan. I have no reason to believe that's false. I don't know it like Benjamin would know it from having heard it from a source, but it makes sense. And, you know, Michigan didn't step up when the Vikings were right in on Harbaugh last year. So I don't know if... If Jim Harbaugh is going to get the sizable chunk from Michigan that he could get in the NFL. Well, if you just listen to his own words, uh, he said, well, no one knows what the future holds, which is like a disclaimer of like, I could not be here. I expect I will be back coaching Michigan in 2023. So if you, you could read into that a lot of different ways, but. um, Well, how do you read into that? I think he's smart. (laughs) I think the first part is, well, nobody knows what the future, but I think he, I think he'd rather say Michigan. I think that's a complete nothing burger of a statement. A nothing burger. I've never heard that. You've never heard that term? You're saying it's a bullshit statement. Is that what a nothing burger is? Well, it's just a nice way of saying it. It's coach speak. It's very coach speak. It's coach speak that says, you know, I don't know what the future's going to hold, but I expect to be here. Well, that's not saying anything, nor should he tip his hand on Mm -hmm. what he really wants to do. He's trying to keep himself in a position of leverage in his mind and in his heart of hearts i'm sure he has a list of priorities okay where would i like to stay where do i what where would i be happy with if i do jump to the nfl what's kind of but you don't say that publicly this is just a way of saying something without actually saying anything and john fox was the master at this as broncos country knows so i i think jim harbaugh could very easily stay at Michigan if Michigan backs up the Brinks truck. Mm-hmm. And if they don't, I could see him jumping to the NFL. But this this statement to me mm-hmm. doesn't affect anything in terms of the search, anything in terms of where Jim Harbaugh may or may not end up. So here's our, our, um, our commitment to each other. Okay. So I will, in 2023, I will adopt at some point the sentence, that's a nothing burger. <laughs> if you can adopt, that's a bunch of bullshit. You can't do that on KOA, but could you do no, it on the podcast sometime? I, well, I'll think about that. I, I <laughs> oh yeah, you you have reputation. you have not you have I do have younger boys. They have That's actually fair. heard me say things along those lines. <laughs> Hand up, face palm emoji, guilty as charged. I and if you have ever been in a car with me when mm-hmm. I'm in something of a hurry, which you have not been in a car with me when I've been in a hurry, oh. you you will. You will hear some hear, of those. That's kind a nothing of words. burger, people. No, no, no. Oh, I no, know. We will. I. It's go, your. <laughs> okay. It's your sentence. It's okay. the BS side and okay. worse. Um, I'm I'm having some fun with it, but it is true. So I try to limit it when I don't like. I, I want to have to do it, or yeah. when I don't. I think when I my, don't do it. Honestly, I don't know if that makes any sense at all for the people that do listen and to you. Like I spent so many years not being able to say that. Into yes. a microphone, and so now that I can, I probably abuse it. So I apologize. I will. You don't do have to apologize that. to me. It's a podcast, and it, for that matter, Julie, it's your podcast and Dave's podcast. I'm just, I'm just the fill-in guy. My favorite is when Dave cusses. I got, I've got, I, I got to be honest. I'm just like, yes. you should put together like clips of just all of those moments and have a blooper reel of Dave okay. cussing. Okay, Marky, take note please. There Let's you start go. That. So, we have learned that there are a few other names which I think, you know, we expected some of these. The Broncos have also reportedly the Broncos have also asked permission to talk to Rams defensive coordinator Raheem Morris, 49ers defensive coordinator D'Amico Ryans and Cowboys defensive coordinator Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn is no surprise. I think there's a top 4 
here. I really do. And in no particular order, Peyton, Harbaugh, Quinn, and Averro, the Broncos' current defense coordinator, Ajiro Averro. Mm-hmm. I think I think the new head coach will come from that group. If I had to handicap it and predict it, that's what I would guess. Uh, I think you do your homework and your due diligence on other guys. Benjamin brought up a great point, and I keep referencing Benjamin because you know, he's the one who's sourcing this stuff. Mm -hmm. And so I I feel I need to attribute it, but it makes a lot of sense that he thinks Leslie Frazier could very well get an interview. He's in the bills organization, not because Benjamin thinks that Leslie Frazier is going to be the next head coach of the Broncos, but more along the lines of the Broncos would like to try and get some insight into the bills organization. I mean, this is also a game that teams play when they're interviewing candidates. It's like, Hmm, I wonder how this team does different things and how this coach would do it if they were with us, but you can infer things based on what they say. So we'll see. We'll see if Leslie Frazier's in the mix at all, but uh, you know, yeah, talk to Raheem Morris, talk to D'Amico Ryans, talk to these various guys and try and glean things from them. And you never know where you're going to be at any given time. So this is a chance for the Broncos to get to know some some of the hot candidates and some of the guys that are gaining traction in the head coaching search circles. And this is not obviously the only open job. I mean, there's a no. couple that came open today. So Cliff Kingsbury and Lovey Smith were both let go today, and that's what we know of. Right, right and now. the Colts job is going to be open. I mean, Jeff Saturday was the interim coach. I don't think Jim Irsay is going to retain him, and Carolina is open. Yeah, so I think Ajiro's – gone. I just, I don't think he's very talented and maybe in a different year, he would be able, he would get this job, but because of the experience of, of the last few years of coaches coming in with not a lot of experience there, it just seems like they're just going, going to go the other way and and rightfully so, but there's jobs oh, wait, open. Wait, wait, let, let, before you just usher coach Avero out of town. Yeah. Not, not, he- I know, I know, I get it. Not because you don't because like him. Because he's going to have opportunities. But to be I don't a head think coach. he's going to get a head coaching job this year. I think he could very well stay as the Broncos' defensive coordinator. Not under Sean Payton, mm-hmm. but under Jim Harbaugh, he could. Under could. Dan Quinn, he could. So he's going to be a hot commodity. I, I think there's a reason that the Broncos have come out and publicly said, and George Payton did this the day after they let Nathaniel Hackett go in the press conference with. CEO Greg Penner, George Payton said, we want to talk to Coach Averro and about the head coaching position here. They did that for a reason, because they feel good about him and they want to potentially try and keep him depending on the new head coach, who the new head coach is. You can't deny what the Broncos defense has done this mm-hmm. year. Hasn't been perfect, but it was pretty darn good through much of the season. I don't want you to think I'm booting him. I would booting him I, know what I would you're love it if he's You stayed. don't like him. I get it, Julie. No, <laughs> I no. No, I think I, I understand. Yeah. I'm being serious now. Okay. I'm being totally serious. I, I I was I was just making a little more of that than you were, but I know you feel Ajiro Averro is talented, but I'm not sure he's gonna be an NFL head coach next season. I hope for his sake he is. Clearly, because I call I also, by his first name. Right. I, <laughs> I also hope that the Broncos can find a way to keep him because he's done a great job with the defense and there will be some continuity somewhere yeah. with this new staff. So the Broncos can't interview Dan Quinn, I believe, until the 17th. Was that the date? I think it's after, sometime after the Dallas-Tampa Bay game, which yes. is 
next Monday, the 16th. So does that mean that we have the Broncos will wait for sure? Or could we expect a decision before then, depending on this conversation with the, with a Peyton or a Harbaugh? I don't know. I mean, you have the Rooney rule that's mixed in too, that also teams have to be aware of and, and want to comply with. And I believe the Broncos do want to comply with that. So I don't know how all the timing works and when they could make an offer and when not. But if if they talk to Jim Harbaugh and they come away going, that's our guy, mm-hmm. that's our number one guy, I think you put the full court press on and you go after him. On the other hand, as I'm saying that, I'm thinking, okay, George Payton and Greg Penner did say that they're going to cast a wide net and they're going to talk to a lot of different people. I think the, the risk you run, though, with Harbaugh is you lose him to another team For sure. that does put a full court press on. And, you know, from what a lot of people have reported, that's sort of what Jim Harbaugh wants. He wants to be wanted. He wants to be uh-huh. courted. I don't know. We I mean, all that, want that's to be what wanted. You hear. We all do. Come on. <laughs> of course we do. <laughs> yeah, you all want. We yeah. all want that. I covered him at when he was at the University of San Diego. He was a very kind and nice. I think that's before he got weird. I don't know. People think he's weird. I thought he was great. I don't know. I've had no experience and no interaction with him, even on a peripheral basis. So mm-hmm. I'll reserve any kind of opinion until he's here, if that's what turns out to be the case. I, I mean, you hear certain things I about like weird, coaches. Yeah, yeah. You you hear maybe he's a little eccentric or whatever weird, Love whatever eccentric. word you want to use. But the yeah. bottom line is, and I think I think most people in Broncos country just want a coach that can get this ship pointed in and headed in and to the destination of the right direction. And the right direction is being a consistent playoff participant that makes deep runs as often as possible. A lot's going to happen in between these podcasts, I think. It's going to I do think it's going to become fast and furious over well, the next Well, you few and Dave weeks. might have to record twice a week. Let's step it I, up now. Well, you should call Dave and tell him that. <laughs> <laughs> and then do it and let me hear his answer. Hopefully Dave will be back next week, just resting up those vocal cords. Once again, Mike, thank you so much for coming here. The perfect person to fill in when Dave can't be here because you have the pulse of the team as well. And it was really wonderful to listen to you this year on the broadcast. I do know it was tough at times, but I think you are professional and entertaining as well. So, Well, thank you. And it's great. You know you know how I feel about you and Dave. I always appreciate being able to fill in. And I'm interested to hear what Dave thinks too. So we got to get him back real soon. We shall. Hopefully next week. We will see you next week on the Dave Logan Podcast. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is pulling you in the center of the action with endless ways to make it rain this week. Sports betting has never been this convenient. With DraftKings Sportsbook, you can bet from anywhere the app is available. And if you haven't tried DraftKings Sportsbook yet, head to the App Store now because you don't want to miss this. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new players a deposit bonus of up to $1,000 when signing up using promo code LOGAN, my last name. DraftKings Sportsbook has endless ways for you to bet, from live betting to betting on your 
your favorite players. They really do it all. Check out the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day this week to cash in on their daily odds boosts. New boosts are posted every single day for all the biggest sporting events. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure. It's really easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money whenever you want to. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code LOGAN, L-O-G-A-N, when you sign up and get up to $1,000. That's code LOGAN to get a deposit bonus of up to $1,000 for a limited time. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700.